You can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? This is Hour 2 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson on the WRAD Talk Network. Down in Roanoke with Firefall. Had to be a good gig, right? It had to be a fun show. Hour two underway here. Hope you're well, wherever you might be. Jermaine Farrell scheduled to join us in about half an hour, and then David Smith's going to be in studio, the Radford Hall of Famer. Speaking of Hall of Famers, joining us right now, the Virginia Tech Hall of Famer. And he got surprised on Saturday as he was honored for his 40th year in the broadcast booth. He is Mike Burnham. Michael, how are you? Good morning. Good morning, Rick. Uh, yeah, that was a pretty cool little ceremony. I had no idea. It took me completely by surprise. <laughs> well, I, I loved it. And they gave you what? They gave you a frame 40 jersey, right? Is that what I, I saw something about that? Yeah, yeah. Big old frame jersey with number 40 on it. Had a little microphone up between the shoulder pads and um <laughs> it was pretty cool and so it was, it was so weird so we're sitting there at the under i don't know what timeout it was one of the under eight maybe timeout and zach looks at me and says give me your headset for a minute i need to fix something and i said well there's nothing wrong with my headset and so he said no give it to me so I take it off and then he says look up at the video board so look up the video board, and there's Bruce Arians talking. <laughs> well, you couldn't really hear what he was saying because the crowd was kind of loud. You know, it's UVA, right? Mm-hmm. So the crowd was kind of loud. Hokies are playing well. And he says, uh, and then somebody came over to the front of the table and says, you need to come out here. And so I look up, and then they got this little thing going. I see the jersey. I see Bill Roth and Coach Beamer and Coach Foster. It's awesome. And, and with Babcock. And so I walk out there like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> and so – and then I get over there, and the crazy thing was, it's like my two daughters were there. Uh, and so the one from Denver, she I talked to her. I couldn't get in touch with her on Friday. Mm-hmm. And she just she finally sent me a text. You know, I've been running errands. I'll catch up with you later. Well, she was flying across the country, and she just left here like two or three weeks ago because she helped her big sister with the baby, right? So the baby was born December 28th. So Jenna, when I talked to her, there was no way she was going to do anything all weekend. Well, then... So I go down through the line, and I'm checking with Coach Beamer, Coach Foster, and then, then I kind of came back, and they said, your girls are down there. I said, what? Wow. I didn't even see them. So, yeah, so it was down there, and uh, it was pretty cool. Grandkids are there, and um, Greg, was in, <laughs> Greg was in Lake Tahoe shoveling out more snow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> said, right, right. He, he sent me a picture yesterday, and the snowblower was out there, and he carved a path, and it looked like it was about another foot had fallen. And then there was another wall of snow. And then he took a picture of the roof, and there must have been 
six feet of snow on the roof. It was unbelievable That's how much awesome. snow they've had out there. So, but it was a cool ceremony. Very nice, and I got nice videos from from uh, Seth Greenberg and Buzz Williams and Bruce and uh, Jamon Gordon. It was hilarious, and uh, so yeah, it was a nice. Uh, Brent Pry had a little video up there. Very cool ceremony. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm so glad. I think it's really cool they kept it from you. That's what's really neat, and your daughters were in on it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I know. That was a shocker because that's the last people I thought I'd see there. So it was pretty cool. Uh, apparently, again, then after the fact, I, I learned that they were going to do it at the uh, UVA football game, and, of course, that game got canceled. So. Oh, okay. Well, it made sense. So to, this is what yeah. they made up with it, and it yeah. worked out great, yeah. Yeah, it made sense to do it at the UVA uh, basketball game. That's that's very cool. Yeah, especially sold-out crowd. It was awesome. What a great game that was. Yeah, it was. Well, listen, uh, congratulations, man. We've said it a lot this year, your 40th year. Uh, you're the absolute best. And uh, I can't imagine being on this program without you, so I appreciate everything you do. And anybody deserves to be honored in the middle of a game, <laughs> by God, it's Mike Burnham. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I appreciate it, Rick. It's been a heck of a ride. It's been fun, and I've been uh, blessed to be able to do it this long. You never know. It's crazy. It could all be gone in a minute. You're right. It's been fun, and uh, I appreciate it. Well, let's talk about that basketball team, Mike. I mean, mean, you're looking at the way Tech now can set up if they're healthy, and they're so dangerous, and once they get full throttle again, I mean, this is a team that is in position, I think, to finish very strong and to be up there in a good spot, along with the likes of Miami and Virginia in the final standing. I mean, we'll see, at least in terms of momentum. What did you like best about what you saw from Tech on Saturday? Well, I like the way they competed and played for 40 minutes and uh, really got up in the UVA and kind of uh, took them out of what they wanted to do. You know, the game in Charlottesville, it was kind of like they were controlling the pace and whatnot, and Kihei Clark was up in Sean Padula's grill, you know, and he was making him really uncomfortable. And you could kind of see the game within the game this time was going to be Sean Padula learned from that uh, little uh, incident up there at UVA. And so he played really good. He came out, he was aggressive from the start, you know, made a couple early baskets and uh, ran the show very well. And, and I think it seemed like every time that, uh, you know, when you got Hunter Couture back, Rick, it, you, you can spread the court, mm-hmm. right? Because he can shoot the ball outside. Bazilli can shoot the ball outside. And so it leaves these open lanes. And when you look up and see, it's like all of a sudden the Hokies are just pounding the ball down into the paint. I mean, they had 40 points in the paint. So that was pretty amazing against the pack line defense. And they also put up 74 points against UVA. So uh, th- those were all good things. Um, you know, they did a nice job. Hunter Couture, sometimes he has to concentrate so hard on defending the other guy that he doesn't score. Or they made it difficult for him to get a shot off. So he was like 0 for 4, I think, in the first half. And then he really came on strong in the second half, made three threes, ended up with the 10 points. And, I mean, some of those are downtown threes. So he was solid, and Mutz was great. You know, he had 17 points and eight assists, almost a double-double. He passes the ball so well. And um, so it's just a good win for him. You know, it seemed like when UVA let their guard down, the Hokies got into the paint. And um, it never got louder, Rick. <laughs> the place never got louder until Gardner missed the first free throw, <laughs> and then Gardner missed the second free throw, and everybody got bacon. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, the the roof of the castle, I thought it was going to blow off or cave in one because they had that promotion with Smithfield. You know, if you miss two free throws in the second half, everybody gets a coupon for bacon, like nice. $10 worth of bacon. 
So yeah, that was that was unbelievable when Gardner missed that and missed the second one, and the place went berserk. Oh, I love it, absolutely love it. The uh, Virginia <laughs> Tech Hall of Famer Mike Burnham joining us on the program. See, bacon is the world uniter, right? That's what we need at the next peace talks, right? We need bacon. Everybody would just kind of <laughs> chill out with bacon. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so funny. <laughs> You think about that, giving out like 9,000 coupons for bacon. It's yeah, like, yeah. It has a $10 value on them. It's a nice promotion. You better believe it is. That's that's really good. <laughs> no wonder people were excited. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, when they get full throttle again, you know, you get Maddox back soon. I just I just like the, where they're positioned right now, you know, and I think. Well, um, it's all in our hands. It I is. I mean, you look at that schedule, Rick, and it's like, it okay, you know, we talked about that schedule on the back end. There were some games in there that you should have been favored and whatnot so the rematch with boston college wednesday and you go up to notre dame who's in Deadman playing well mike Bray's retiring right georgia tech's not playing very well and then you got pitt but that's at home and miami's back at home and then you're on the road to louisville and you got florida state so i mean there are games there that you're going to be favored and should be okay um and then watching duke last night man they got the doors blown off of them at miami man oh man miami just destroyed them uh so you just never know you got to bring it every night and stay healthy, but uh, it's all in front of them, and they certainly could have a nice little rally like they did last year. Well, and, and credit to Mike Young. You know, he hasn't panicked. He kind of understood. He couldn't come out and say it, but, you know, he knew that without Hunter, that led to that huge losing streak. Let's just be honest, Mike. He's the catalyst on that team, isn't he, Hunter Couture? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could do so many things, you know, from his defense to the way he can run the offense, give Sean Padula a little bit of break. You know, Padula only played – 34 minutes the other day, so he was able to get a little bit of a break, right? If you can give him a couple-minute break in each half, mm-hmm. I mean, that's big time there instead of playing 40 full minutes. And so Sean can help out in that regard, or Hunter can in that regard. And, you know, he can score. And so he just knows every what everybody's doing on every play. And so it's really fun to watch him play. He's uh, certainly good. And, he, and you knew that it was going to take him a little bit to get his feet wet again, right? I mean, he missed four games. And um, you're just not going to come back out and light it up. <clears throat> it takes you a little bit of time. So now he's back in the groove, feeling good, and um, now they got bodes well moving ahead. Yeah, I agree 100%. Now Padula can get back to his normal personality, right? He doesn't feel so much burden to have to be everything, you know, in that backcourt without, yeah. without Couture back there and healthy. <clears throat> True. You know, the other crazy thing is, you think about this, this puts into perspective how good this one guy, I'm going to tell you, is, right? So – they have this little thing to think about climbing the ladder. And Hunter Couture now has like 222 threes, I think, in his career. Uh, and Ahmed Hill is next to 230. Uh, so certainly you think he would pass him. And so you go up through the list there, you know, Brian Chase, Justin Bibbs, Wally Lancaster, and, of course, Malcolm Delaney, and A.D. Visayo. He's the big, best Hokie at 267 threes, right? And then you look at the ACC records. 457 threes. And you know who had that? 457 made threes. Yeah. In the career. Um, Reddick. J.J. Reddick. J.J. Reddick, yeah. Hey! I was just throwing I mean, you look, That's pretty good. Trivia question for you, huh? That's a very good I trivia mean, question. I mean, as good as these guys are, I mean, just think of how great he was. Oh, my gosh. 457 threes. Unbelievable, man! That's that's that was pretty amazing. That's a mind-numbing number, right there. I had no idea it was that many. And you're talking about made threes, people. That's made yeah. threes, people. Keep that in mind. Good lord, good lord. 
All right, so I've had several people ask, Mike, do you have a favorite Buffet Buddy story over all the years <laughs> with Bill? <laughs> 40 no. years. Is there, is there one that you can tell that uh, is one of your favorites? <laughs> oh, gosh. When we went to the Orange Bowl and we were playing Nebraska, they had this function where they closed down the Sequarium. And they had both teams there uh, to, to have a big meal and a show, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Well, they had more food than you could ever imagine. <laughs> Stone crabs, shrimp, ribs, uh, anything you could think of they had there. And they just kept bringing the food out there. I mean, you talk about a mountain of shells from stone crabs and, and shrimp and, and rib bones. I mean, that was the most unbelievable buffet of all time. So I would think that would be the top of the list, the Sequarium Buffet at the Orange Bowl with Nebraska. The Sequarium. <laughs> it's hard to tell how much food they went through. <laughs> well, how much did just you and Roth by yourself go through? That's the thing, right? I mean, I, I oh can, my God, yeah. there was there were some shells there, and bones. <laughs> There's no doubt. I mean, you're looking for like you can't get it done with one wipe. After you got to have like six or seven wipes. <laughs> And haven't there been some great stories where you'll, you guys would be traveling separately and then Roth will just look at you and go, you want pizza? Is it time to get pizza, right, or something? Did you tell me there was a pizza search one night? Uh, well, we've had lots of pizza stories. I mean, <laughs> I remember we were down at Campbell, playing Campbell and basketball. And, you know, they always give you a little pregame little meal or something, or they used to do more so back in the day. And they had this unbelievable pizza. And it was so daggone good. And we thought, wonder where they got that pizza. So we're on a search right after that, asking the SID, where did you get the pizza for the pregame? And so they told us this place down there in some kind of strip mall. Mm-hmm. So after the game, you know, we call them up. Hey, are you guys still open? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get a pizza and order a pizza and pick it up on a ride home yeah. from Campbell. <laughs> and, it's a, and he's amazing. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's pretty amazing. So he's got the steering wheel. He's, he's controlling by his leg. He's got a drink in one hand, a slice of pizza in the other. <laughs> and a Teflon mouth. I've never seen anybody eat pizza when it comes out of the oven that fast. I mean, I'm blowing on it, trying to get it to cool down a little bit, and he's just chomping away. <laughs> uh, and the car was never in danger of swerving off the road. He had it all oh, under no, control. No, no, never. <laughs> and then, of course, 20 minutes later when he's finished, he says, can you drive? I'm so sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to 118 up there, right? And I, and I got to slow down to make the curve turn, right? Oh, so, yeah, yeah. You know, this drive ain't, this drive's not so bad when you <laughs> catch a little nap. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? You've been asleep. <laughs> <laughs> a little nap, huh? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, we're getting closer and closer. Mike March coming up, and then soon it'll be spring football too. So we got a lot of things uh, just kind of speculate about uh, Texas. I think such a better position heading into the second spring for Brent Pry, talent wise. Yeah. So so Bill and I met with uh, Coach Pry last Thursday and did a podcast with him, and uh, he's just kind of going through a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that roster is pretty much flipped, man. I mean, you think about the twenty newcomers you got there now, the six transfer portal kids. And then uh, when August comes, July comes, you're going to have the, the wave of kids that signed this year. You know, it's probably another 20. So there are a lot of, a lot of new faces on that roster. And uh, they finally last week, uh, last Tuesday, I think it was, the coaches finally got to go out to the workouts and have a little hands-on uh, one-on-one stuff during the um, winter workouts. Mm-hmm. And so that's been good to be able to 
kind of get up and close and personal with some of these kids. So he said that went really well. And, uh, you know, they're blending in, they're uh, learning the system uh, and all that kind of stuff. And it's uh, he says it's new for a lot of people, but he really likes the way it's trending and the competition in all these different positions when you go from quarterback to running back. He said he got Malachi Thomas's attention, you know, when you got these new running backs mm-hmm. in there. Sure. And they've been working on his feet work, for example. You know, you like you're, you're taking a false step here or there, and that'll get you – killed you know if you don't watch out so just little things like that the receivers you know you get some new receivers so the competition in that room has been better and um so yeah i think it's certainly trending in the right direction and uh, they'll definitely be better than they were a year ago you know but the problem is the schedule's better as well mm-hmm. uh, so you just have to see how it goes and if you can stay healthy and you know get good quarterback play it all starts with that you know and then you got to be able to play defense and he definitely said that uh, Chris Marv will be taking over all the defensive play calling duties. He's going to spend more time with the uh, the offense, special teams, because uh, he'd let him call the game at Liberty, which they won, and he feels like he's ready for that task. And you know, he'll certainly be there to consult, but he's going to spend you know maybe a little bit more time on the whole team as opposed to more time on the defense. Well, he's creating competition, right? And that's so healthy. You have to go in and you have to earn a spot. Nothing is given to you. And I think that's what people don't understand. It's not like the staff, by the way, all of a sudden lost complete faith in Grant Wells, but they did bring in competition, right? You want everybody to feel that pressure to get better and better, right? That's what you have oh, to do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you got to do that. I mean, and, you know, it was a pretty good competition last year with Wells and, and Jason Brown. I mean, mm-hmm. both of those guys were really pretty good. And uh, Grant won the job and, you know, played the majority of the season. So, you know, you know he wants to keep the job, and you know Drones wants to make hay too. So we'll just see. But definitely competition helps, and it's hard to uh, think that most times during the course of the season you're going to need two quarterbacks anyway. Right. You know, somebody's going to get banged up or hurt or whatever. So, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. And I think they start March 15th or something like that. and. And the spring game's April the 15th at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I believe it is. So that should be uh, should be fun to watch. Well, we're looking forward to that getting cranked up, Mike. And uh, have a great week on the call. And, again, congratulations on uh, the great honor of being notified and being told at the moment. <laughs> That's 40 years. Get out here, Mike. We're going to celebrate you. That's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool, I have to say so. It's very, uh, very nice, very humbling, and I appreciate it so much with all the great fans I've met through the years been fun what a great ride hey here's the 40 more michael why not <laughs> uh, i'll be 172 <laughs> i'll give it a shot all right listen have a great week brother take care of yourself we'll talk again next week <laughs> all right go Hokies, go highlanders thanks brother there you go that's uh mike burnham so awesome what a great story and a great job by tech to honor the great mike burnham good stuff man that's a great story. I love the pizza story. I thought that was the one I kind of I couldn't remember, but Bill eating, driving, doing all these things while eating the pizza down in Bowie's Creek. Mike, can you drive? All right, we'll be back. Stay with us. Jermaine Farrell comes up next. I was listening to the broadcast, and I was wondering, what exactly is it? You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk. More BDSD next on WRAD.
Well, I really hate the great Otis Redding will be cut off here in about five seconds. But we'll hear this again, trust me. All right, we're halfway home. Thanks again to the Hall of Famer, Mike Burnham. Jermaine Farrell scheduled to join us next as we roll along on a Tuesday. Hope you're okay. Going to be a warmer day. We love it here in February. Sun shining, temperatures in the upper 50s. Yes, have some. We'll be back. minutes before the top of the hour. Hope you're okay wherever you might be. Thanks to Mike Burnett for joining us. Joining us now on the program. He is the sports director for WFXR and nobody covers the Commonwealth any better from a sporting perspective than Jermaine Farrell and his crew. Jermaine, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing okay, sir. How are you doing this morning? I'm uh, hanging in there on a Tuesday. I like the fact that we're going to have a little warmer weather here over the next couple of days. So, uh, any event. Uh, well, that's, yeah. that's, your, that's your MO. You, you like the warm weather, so it's right up your alley. You I don't do. like it when it's no. icy or cold no. or frozen or anything like that. So, no. I guess you're going to roll with that. So this is, yeah, this is this is for you the next, what, couple weeks? Yes, like. yes. Well, let's get your take. By the way, it's great to see uh, your folks down at the Devon Center this past Saturday. That was uh, really nice, uh, really, really nice. Um, of course, we we had some really bad news, and of course, it affects uh, you as well um, with the loss of uh, Cameron Jones, who was a Patrick Henry Patriot, much like yourself. And uh, we found that out right before the game, actually, uh, on Saturday. So it kind of brought down the atmosphere. But you know a lot about Cam and. Legacy he left down at PH, right? I mean, so many great athletes have come out of that program. Yeah, and, you know, I remember uh, interviewing him uh, at Radford and how, you know, he made the come up to get from Patrick Carey to Radford. And, you know, just uh, an awesome young man, a determined young man, uh, a man that uh, – a kid that was just so good at what he did. And – you know, I know that Coach Mike Jones had nothing but praise mm-hmm. for his uh, his player, and uh, just just uh, more than just what he did on the court, off the court, just was a good person. And you know, uh, we definitely sent our thoughts and prayers to his family and the Radford and Patrick Henry community because you know he was someone that um, you know it's when you look at college athletics, and it doesn't matter what where you go, Division One or you know, Division Two, Division Three, to get to a Division One program, and it doesn't matter what it is; it's, it's a big accomplishment, and not everyone can get there. And uh, he had that opportunity, and you know, again, uh, someone that uh, was truly loved by everybody. So he'll he'll be missed. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, well, uh, UVA and Tech—they were head to head. It was a must-win for Tech. Not only did they win, they really kind of controlled the game. They have a shot to go on a roll. What were some of your observations after watching UVA and the Hokies this past Saturday? 
you know, when Virginia Tech and Virginia play, it's always uh, a battle. Anytime, you know, all the coaches say this, anytime you have a Commonwealth clash in any sport, it's a battle and both teams want to win. And Virginia Tech, their backs was against the wall and they needed to win and they need to go out and show that, you know, we're one of those good teams. And they definitely did that, and there's still a lot of potential now. They have a stretch of games where they could uh, dig themselves out of a hole. Mike Young talked about uh, Monday, yesterday, during the ACC presser that, you know, they didn't do themselves any favors in, in January because, you know, you lose a bunch of games and to put yourself in a hole, it's tough to dig your way out. So, you know, now – you know, you're starting to see what they are capable of and what they can do. And we knew this team was good. It's just, you know, a bunch of close losses. I mean, we talk about, hey, if those losses go the other way, we're having a different conversation, you know. And and looking at the way the ACC is now, I mean, you look at UVA and, and their success, and, you know, they got a big one tonight against NC State. And really, you know, the, the top five teams in the ACC are separated by a game. So it's going to be a battle to see who can get that top seed, whereas Virginia Tech, they're just trying to move up the rankings and put themselves in a position. And I I saw a couple of uh, bracketology, and they have them, you know, one of the first four out. So they're kind of getting back in there and kind of getting there, which is great. And really, you know, to expand even further, you know, I saw bracketology that had Radford making the NCAA tournament, predicting them to win the Big South. And, Liberty winning the Atlantic Sun. So, you know, the, the Commonwealth, once again, flexing their muscles when it comes to men's basketball and the success that the programs are having in the Commonwealth. I mean, VCU's in the mix. So, you know, looking at Bracketology and Bracketville, wherever you, you look at, I mean, we could have another big year. But big win for Virginia Tech, and they now they have to do it on Wednesday against Boston College because, you know, that's a game they lost a close win in overtime in the beginning of the year up in uh, Chestnut Hill. So obviously you want to flip the script on that because you, you can't afford many more losses. I mean, your margin of error is very thin for Virginia Tech. So, you know, they definitely – and it's not going to be an easy game, but that's a game that Virginia Tech plays their best. They should be able to win on, the, you know, tomorrow night. Do you think now – I mean, is it a stretch to say just because of the way they can score with that backcourt, is Miami the most dangerous team in this conference, do you think? Well, I tell you, it's – I mean, I think when you look at who the top five is, I mean, Clemson, which, you know, I still think they're a good ball club. I mean, in my opinion, between the five teams that are kind of up there, which is Clemson, Virginia, Duke, NC State, and Miami, I still feel that Virginia is the one. I mean, because they can do the on the offensive end but on the defensive end. And – you know, Miami is definitely in the conversation. I mean, heck, the deep run they made last year. I mean, there is teams in the ACC, and I know people think, well, the ACC seems to be down, but Tony Bennett even mentioned during the presser, he said, you know, the ACC is stronger this year than last year, even though there was a lot of, I mean, the runs that a lot of teams made. I mean, NC State, you know, they nearly beat Kansas earlier this year. We see how good Kansas is and what's out in the Big 12. But Miami is definitely in that conversation when you look at backcourts and, and what they could do. But it's it's going to be an interesting run. I mean, when we look at this last month of the regular season, there's going to be so much, you know, so many games that impact not only the ACC standings, but also where you stand either 
getting into the NCAA tournament or maybe setting yourself up to try to get in there and, and a good seed. But yeah, Miami is, is just is tremendously good. And Jim Laranega always has is going to have his teams ready to play, and they're always going to be fired up. So yeah, they're 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 definitely on the radar when it comes to that. He is Jermaine Farrell joining us on the program, the sports director at WFXR. And I was just thinking about what your your point a moment ago, Jermaine. It's well taken. Let's say Radford does win the Big South and Liberty wins, and you get Tech and UVA in there. VCU's got a great shot, right? I mean, that's that's already five teams in Norfolk State in their league too. I mean, how great would that be to get you know six teams from the Commonwealth back in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, it'd be awesome. I mean, because, I mean, you just look at it. I mean, like I said, these teams, you know, when you're in these one-bid leagues, you know, and you look at what is there, these are one-bid leagues. You know, more than likely, your only opportunity to get into the big dance is to win your conference tournament. And then it comes down to, okay, where are you going to be seated? And more times than not, if you win the Big South, chances are you're probably going to be a 16 and when I saw one of the bracketologists, it had Radford play in the play-in game, which was which the play-in game is neat because a lot oh, of, like yeah. back in the good old the back and you experienced that obviously when Radford yeah. won, but when you look at I mean to call an NCAA tournament game and to say hey you know your team won an NCAA tournament game because back in the good old days right. if you were a 16 seed or you know or 15 or 14. Chances are you weren't going to ever win one. But now with this new kind of setup, if you're a 16 seed, you are going to win an NCAA tournament game. But then you have to follow that up and try to you know, win against the top seed, which is it's happened once. We've seen it before, but chances are that doesn't happen. But, you know, it is neat. And, and you know, we got great coaches here in the Commonwealth, you know, with what what uh, Coach, Coach Nichols is doing and Coach Young and Coach Bennett and, you know, and then Coach McKay and uh, Coach Rhodes at VCU. I mean, we got some great coaches that I I think when I look at the teams we have in the Commonwealth, there's one thing that I notice about all of them that are that have had success, and this just their toughness. I mean, these teams are tough and gritty, and I think really they all believe in defense. They all believe, yeah, we want to score and we want to put the points on the board. But if you notice all these teams, like, I, I mean, you know, watching what Rapper is doing, I mean, they're playing strong defense, playing playing good physical ball. And I think I think a lot of times they say that the team takes on the reputation of the coach. And, again, when I look at these coaches, you know, they're tough, gritty coaches. And I just – there's so much respect that I have for these coaches. And they're, they're great coaches. They're great people. And they tell it to you like it is, but they're also very respectful. And I think the, the players buy into these systems, and that's why they're having the success. And that's why, you know, these coaches are having the success they're having with their programs. He is Jermaine Farrell, the sports director at WFXR. Well, from the prep ranks, there was a showdown, right? Northside remained undefeated, a close win against Radford. What in a Huge, high-octane game. We had a triple header here in the NRV, right? We had the Tech game against Virginia. Radford had their game against Winter. Then people could go down to Salem and watch uh, Radford High School in Northside. How about those Vikings? They are definitely for real and earning of that top ranking. I tell you, you know, year in, year out, Billy Pope's always going to have good teams. 
And this team is a strong team. And, and Northside, it's just a program. You know, when we talk about some of our programs out there, you know, the Coach Cormany's at Rafford. I mean, they're always going to be in the mix. They're always going to be in the conversation of trying to win a, a state title. And they've had success. And that's what helps. I mean, these coaches who have been there, you know, all these years, you know, they, they there's an expectation. We enter these programs like a Rafford or Northside, some of the others we, we have in our area. You know what the expectation is. Yes, the expectation is to win. But the expectation is to get down to Richmond and play for a state title. And these teams are good enough to get there. These teams are, are successful enough that they can make a run and they can get there. And, you know, the atmosphere, you know, it, it was kind of like a, a, a state tournament game. And when they have these classics kind of in the, the middle of the year, they're kind of good enough to show where you are at a state level because you're going to be playing competition that is the caliber of a team you would see in a state tournament or a team you would see maybe that you make it into the finals. But, yeah, Northside North and Rafford, both teams. I mean, we have so many teams in our area. I mean, you know, Carroll County girls, you know, they were, uh, you know, defending state champions. So, you know, in K-Spring, you can never count out K-Spring. In fact, that region, uh, Region 3D is a strong region because you got K-Spring, Northside, Spotswood is, is always good up there in the, the Harrisonburg area. So, um, yeah, this is just a lot of good high school basketballs. Now we're getting down to, you know, the, the regular season wide wraps up. Some teams will have a district tournament. Then you get into the regional and then state play, and then, you know, it's going to be on now. So now we're, we're winding that down. So it's a lot of good stuff. And then on the, you know, the girls' side, you got all those teams. So a lot of fun stuff. And then I, I would be remiss circling back to college basketball, a big win last night for Virginia Tech over NC State because now that kind of gives them that momentum, being a ranked team. So that will help them you know, move over the rankings. And, and they're in the mix for top four seed you know, in the ACC tournament, and again, that's that goal. Try to get a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. You know, you'll host, which is big. Yeah, those ladies are, are playing so well right now for Kenny Brooks. Hey, one more question I want to ask before we let you go. Going back to the high school, I was just thinking, has the script flipped? Do we have more legitimate opportunities now for teams in both the New River and Roanoke Valleys to compete and win state championships in basketball as opposed to football? Are we there now, you think? Uh, it just seems like that because it's in basket. It's interesting in basketball. I mean, you don't have as many players, so you can kind of mold that. And you know, these players are not only playing for their high school teams; they're playing on club teams. In football, I mean, you have that, but not to that level. But in basketball, you're playing. Not only are you playing your high schools, you're playing club teams. So the basketball is growing. You know, I, when I look at it and. Really, if there's a team to me that stands out in the state overall, and you know, it's kind of like, gosh, I mean, I like I saw them last year. It was John Marshall out of the Richmond area? I mean, oh, they're yeah. nationally ranked, mm-hmm. and they they feel like they're a team that. And you say to yourself, "Well, this is a class two team," and no disrespect to anyone in class two, but these guys are hanging with teams that are in bigger classifications because of the style of basketball they play and. I mean, they, they're very competitive, and they're, I mean, they're defending champs in Class 2, and, you know, more than likely, you know, one of, like, a Rafford will run into them. And, you know, I think Rafford is a program that could probably give John Marshall a run. It won't be easy, but, you know, John Marshall, you know, is, is a dominant program. And then you look at, you know, all the other programs. I mean, it's I think a lot of times it's not necessarily – the best team that wins, but it's like how you're playing going into that game. 
And playing in a state final, no matter what it is, you try to say to yourself, oh, it's uh, it's just another game. But, you know, realistically, hey, you see the lights on, the, the, the excitement, you play the Seagull Center. I mean, that, that kind of changes your feeling. I mean, you were there earlier this year for a college game, mm-hmm. you know, when VCU and Rapper played. So it's very similar. I mean, there's a lot of energy. The pep bands are there. The fans drive, you know, from all throughout the state to get there to see their team win a state title. So there's a lot of emotion and a lot of excitement. So I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, we'll see, you know, coming down the pike is how these teams can perform, how these teams can stand up and say, hey, look, this is how we're going to do this. This is what we want to do, and this is what we want to have the success. But it it starts with the coaching. It starts with the programs and buy-in. Well, we look forward to it, and we look forward to all your coverage on WFXR. Jermaine, as always, thank you so much, my friend. You're the best. Well, I appreciate you, sir. You have a wonderful and blessed day. All right, you too. Stay safe. That's Jermaine Farrell, sports director at WFXR, and they'll have you covered All the hoops you can think of, college and in high school, as we head into the tournaments. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back, wrap up Hour 2, remind you what's ahead in the Power Hour when we return here on this Tuesday. Stay with us. Not off the leash yet. We're happy to have you with us and hope you'll come back often. Big Dog Sports Talk will be right back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back on WRAD. Someday I'll have me a chauffeur and a block long limousine. Hi, this is Kenny Brooks, head women's basketball coach at Virginia Tech. And I love listening to Big Dog Sports Talk. Someday I'll have me a penthouse. Again, congratulations to Coach Brooks and the ladies. They got a big dub last night on the road. First one at NC State. They're on their way to make a strong, strong run here. It's all a state of Finishing up the regular season. Whether or not you Amore. Kitley combo, very deadly last night in Raleigh. Thanks to the Hall of Famer Mike Burnham and Jermaine Farrell. And congratulations to Mike being recognized. Total surprise to him on uh, Saturday against Virginia for his uh, 40 years in the broadcast booth. I, I meant to ask him the question. I know he hasn't done basketball every one of those years. He's been there all 40 years on the football side. I have to ask him how many years it's been total for him uh, on the basketball network side of things as well. And Jermaine Fair, always great stuff from him. Um, they had great coverage of that Northside Radford showdown down in Salem on uh, Saturday. Three-point win, by the way. The Vikings 50-47. to 47. I believe now they're like 19 or 20-0, and 0, something like that. And the Bobcats under Rick Cormany will be there in the end in the stage as well. Good basketball here in our area, and great coaches there too. Uh, we're very fortunate on both the uh, boys and girls side of things in high school basketball. All right, so we're about to step out, and uh, when we come back, uh, we're always excited to have uh, our next uh, guest in studio. David Smith will join us coming up, and uh, 
We're going to do all the NFL stuff, a lot to cover from Tom Brady. Is Aaron Rodgers actually going to become a Raider? Sean Payton, D'Amico Ryan, they all found places. And then, of course, we'll get into the Super Bowl. That's this Sunday, by the way, as we continue to try to avoid the TV hype. But all we're doing now is just talking about it here. Eagles and the Chiefs. And I do believe we finally, maybe for the first time in a while, have true representation of the two best teams in each conference. And we'll find out how it all plays out coming up on Sunday Let's just hope it's a good game. My goodness gracious, and let's hope the officials stay out of it. David Smith, the Radford Hall of Famer in studio, and we come back as we motor along here on this Tuesday. Again, it's going to be a nice day. Temperatures may approach 60, going to be over 60 tomorrow. I mean, this is what February is supposed to be right here. Loving it. We'll be back with David Smith after this.